You know, I think this is kind of a concerning map for Democrats. Yeah, so what am I looking at here? I don't know. What do you think you're looking at? So I sent you a picture, and you'll have this in the show notes. You'll throw this on an imager thing. But yeah, this is, this is a map with a few key data points. Yeah, I, th- I think it speaks volumes. So, so walk us through it here. There's not, nothing better than describing a picture on an audio podcast. Well, no, so this is a map of the United States. It's color-coded based on a couple of criteria. So you have some deep red areas. You've got some orange. You've got some beige. California is a deep, uh, nice forest green. So I guess what do you think this map is showing? You're putting me on the spot here. I'm trying to upload this to Imager and well, no, you, you can do that later. Notes. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I'm going to forget if I do it later. Um, well, I mean, there's why there's... put off for tomorrow what you could do <laughs> nine months later from now. All right. Um, I mean, there's clearly some kind of Republican Democratic thing, Democrat thing going on here, but I'm not quick enough on my toes to be able to decipher that real time here. Okay, that's all right. So that is a map of uh, the United States in terms of how many Trader Joe's locations are in every state. Mm. So um, California has uh, tops the nation with 187. Um, I've fantasized about just kind of packing up and moving to um, Jackson, Wyoming a few times because it's other than the the Republicanness of it. uh, It's actually a very nice place. Uh, But they have zero Trader Joe's. And I don't know where the, I mean, because you can go, you can hop over um, and get into Victor, Idaho pretty easily. But I don't know if the Trader Joe's is on the eastern side of Idaho. Mm. But yeah, so you you have the whole, the Liz Cheney region, and they have no Trader Joe's. It's very, very deep red. Not much in the south either. And New York has 32. Florida luckily has 23. Um but yeah, I did not expect the middle of the country to be that Trader Joe's-less. And you're also, you're really out of luck in Hawaii. That was the one thing that was throwing me off about this map was the association between Hawaii and like Montana <laughs> and, and Montana. Wyoming. I, that, that didn't, I wasn't able to make a connection there, but, but it makes sense now. I mean, they are very similar in the street chicken angle. Mm. Mm. is that a thing jason snell's always whenever he because he, he goes he very much his favorite place in the united states i think is uh cal memorial stadium and also hawaii and he's always posting about the just the chickens that are just like wandering around hawaii is that a thing yeah yeah but that is not a thing in california no, not not at least where we are no but where do they come from it's, it's a fair question. I, I don't don't have an answer for you there. Oh, where 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 do they live? Okay. Anyway, I, I'll put um, an OmniFocus research street chickens of Hawaii. All right. Right. There anyway. was um there was one other joke with this map that I, I was again not quite quick enough on my toes here, but there was a um there's a Joe Manchin joke in here somewhere. Given that there aren't any in uh, oh, West, West Virginia. Virginia, you know him not able to have that thrown into the Inflation Reduction Act. There was there was some joke there that just couldn't quite put together maybe maybe we'll add that in post or something uh sure or you can, or you can leave it for the um the post midterms uh sad cast we're gonna have soon mm. god man i should go uh-huh. i should go back and listen did we did it we did like an episode post 2016 didn't we I well i, yeah, I mean we it's 2022 have. and we're recording one right now so i think 
I mean, you're, you're, you're the numbers guy, but I think literally that means we have to have done at least one. Um, John, even though I don't, I really don't enjoy the talk show anymore due to guest choice. Uh, John Gruber and Merlin Mann do have the definitive uh, despondent uh, post-2016 pod. Yeah, I think I recall listening to that. They were both very drunk, and it was, it was, it was very fun. It was very fun. But yeah, so the Trader Joe's thing, kind of neat. Um, I think, man, I, oddly, I think I did visit three of the ten Trader Joe's in Colorado. That's kind of weird. So yeah, I guess rural Colorado does not have that many. Wait, did you? Um, I, I'm just noticing that you actually put another version of this map in the show notes. Did you like Photoshop this one to send to me? Well, yeah, I, I just cut out the thing that says Trader Joe's in gigantic letters. Oh, okay. Well, but I'm, you know, but... I, I did not make I did not make the original map, so all these cute illustrations are not me. All I did was black it out so that therefore it's a contactless a contextless map. You're you're too used to seeing contactless <clears throat> from the last couple of years. Um, yeah, we um. Uh, what do you? Oh well, for two reasons. But one thing that I've noticed recently is that I don't know if it's Mastercard or, or who it is, but there are um, actually I think it might be Visa, where they're giving small businesses little things that to stick on the window. Where normally you'd see the thing that says like American Express, except here that says Contactless Preferred, and it's got a mm. that little um, wavy logo. And, I, and I'm kind of I'm always that's reaffirming in the being able to go buy something when you don't have your phone with you and not feeling the trepidation of I'm going to get up to the register and have to put this purchase back. Yeah, I feel I feel like after how many however many years it's been now, I I generally don't ever think twice about having Apple Pay be my only option. Yeah, I but the thing is like I run into like one once every 2 months it doesn't work. And then I have to take out the chip card but but that it's it's that level of inconsistency hmm. that still has that fear yeah um anyway so yeah so trader joe's it's pretty good yeah uh, the, but the uh, thing that your edited version of the map is what's going to be in the notes because that's already what's been uploaded to injure and is in the notes and i, I can't be bothered to um upload the other version so people will have to google people can go to the the cute icons and stuff this is this is something i I don't follow this instagram but it came up in my what's the thing where they try to guess the explore tab uh and it was from an account called vine pair and i don't know what that is um apparently their instagram tagline is drinking is culture which seems drinking is culture problematic maybe i don't know that's that's weird Hmm. but also the third the third thing on their instagram is beer and potato chip pairings and i love potato chips not so much beer so i'm right hmm. we've because we've, it, we've definitely well no, we've talked about because i i'm a big fan of sparkling wine and potato chips i think that's the because that, that's the thing if you've ever done a sparkling wine uh not taste test but like a a flight of sparkling wine some some good uh some uh resourceful and uh, proactive not wineries. I don't think I've actually been to a winery tasting room that's had this, but they will give you something salty in between them to kind of adjust, readjust, or um, like neutralize your palate a little bit. Because otherwise, it all just starts tasting the same. Yeah, we we've definitely on the show talked about some like brands um, website or something where they did some kind of alcohol and chip pairing. 
I know we've t- I've talked about my beloved kettle chips and they have something called a tater tracker, but I don't think we've talked about I don't because no Spindrift is the one that famously has kind of their they're leaning into the whole hey this could also be a cocktail thing, right? I don't think there's any beer or potato chip thing that we've talked about. Oh, hmm. Um, uh, religious listeners can go in the archives and you can at Nate Silver and then yeah, that's that's this week's homework assignment. All right. Um, and then you asked earlier off off the show of what I was drinking, and there was a little bit of disdain when you asked if I was drinking wine from Trader Joe's. And no, 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 no. That's, that's no, no, right. it's it's it seems pretty judgy. Um, and the answer is yes because um, I don't feel extravagant today, so therefore uh, it is definitely seven dollar uh, wine today with a screw top. So when you feel extravagant, what is that beverage? Or, or I I don't waste mid tier to nicer wines on mediocre days on on talking to me got it no (laughs) message received (laughs) no it's 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 the it's the totality or the culmination of the rest of the day i'm not this is not forward-looking drinking that sounds weird i'm I'm not mad that's fine um show title all right um (laughs) anyway no it's it's uh do you well you mm -hmm. Well, what 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 price point pre-inflation or <laughs> pre pre Joe Biden? Got it. Mm. See, <laughs> I hate ugh. this whole like the the this midterm season is 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 dumb for a lot of reasons because people don't are are will people most Americans don't understand economics or how the financial system works, and not a blessing. I don't either really that much, but I think I know slightly more than most. But to th- this, the the inflation thing is not created by the president. Of, of course, like, it's I, not. I, I, I did, but I just don't. I don't. I guess so if, if there was a Republican in office, that doesn't somehow suddenly make more shit appear on store shelves, and I, and I just don't know how to reason with that or pretend that that's okay. Because like, are, are we suddenly supposed to have had? So if a Republican was in office, does that somehow allow additional fracking three years ago so we'd more have more oil now? No, that's that's, that's not how it works. Anyway. Right. Yep. Election day six days away. Uh, six days away. Please it go is. vote. Especially if you don't live in California, because your vote matters <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. Um anyway, sorry, I was talking about wine. No, what what is um actually, I mean you're probably more beer at home, but what, what what's what's the usual price point for an everyday dinner or non-guest wine meal i mean you you, yeah you you kind of answered the question already though is we're we're not we're not really an everyday wine kind of household like wine for us not every every day but i mean but non-guest stuff well but that's what that's what i was saying is like wine is typically only like when we have company over like the lady friend and i seldomly ever open a bottle of wine just the two of us Every once in a while mm-hmm. we do, but it's it's pretty rare. So I it, this is more of a um, beer and um, spirit household when we don't have company over. But I would Even say like friend on the beer front, n- not on the beer front, no. But on the yeah. on the spirit front, yeah. Sure. Um, but I I mean like so like you know we're we're members at two different wineries and that's really where we get probably ninety percent of our wine. And you know that's anywhere from like twenty five to forty dollars a bottle generally. 
Wow. Yeah, so a little a little pricey, but again, we're not like I mean those bottles last us a long time cuz we're, you know, not not drinking wine regularly here. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, my 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 cutoffs, I guess, are <laughs> not to, not to make this a snell talk thing where I ask a question only to want to answer it myself, which is sometimes what happens in snell talk. Um, mid tier wines are, pro- I would say, probably would be in the twelve to twenty five dollar range. Higher than that is maybe a splurge, and if it's a uh, just a meh kind of thing, that that's going to be you where you get your like your eight dollar Trader Joe's sparkling. <laughs> Of which they actually do have a very good one, which I don't. It's something Chevalier. I don't know how to how to pronounce it or spell it, as as evidenced by the way I pronounce bullet bourbon. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. What do we have in follow up? Well, I guess I should open the the show notes, huh? Um, <laughs> it's fine. I'll, I'll take over. I didn't note anything in follow up this week, unless I forgot anything oh, no actually but i think the lost carryover stuff is actually probably um relevant eh, a couple of things so this was actually that, that interesting but you have you ever bought knockoff apple watch bands i think i i once um peer pressured you into buying the knockoff milanese or milanese loop mm-hmm. but other than that do you have any non uh, non-first party Apple Watch bands. I sorry, th- non-first party would be third party. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, so a um, couple of things there. So the first is with that Milanese. Is that is that how we pronounce it? Um, I don't know. I'm not trying to pull a Federico, but I feel like that's how he pronounces it. But everybody okay. else, it seems like it's yeah. Anyway. Okay. Got it. Um, so I, I bought that third party one. It was fine, but after about a year, it was looking pretty banged up, even though I didn't wear it that often, and when I did, was quite careful with it, and so I ended mm-hmm. up buying the Apple one, and it's, I've had that for quite a while, and it still looks brand new. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah, not not a ringing endorsement for um, third-party bands. I So, with, with Apple Watch bands... I I 100% acknowledge that the Apple bands are way, way overpriced, but they are really nice. And so I would say that 80% of the bands I have are just Apple bands. And then the third-party ones that I have, I'm usually buying from you know, like more reputable third parties. So like I'm, I'm not usually just going on to like Amazon and like searching for a band type and just hoping I find a nice one. Like I'm usually buying them from like Nomad is a really good brand. Um, I have a couple of bands from them. Um, but no, it is, it is mostly Apple bands for the reason that third party bands, especially if you're just rolling like the Amazon dice are just, they're just not very good generally yeah i've seen the nomad brand in a lot of different contexts like i think they also sell some iphone cases and some wireless charging accessories and isn't that kind of one of those um instagram brands kind of maybe um but i would say that i've I've got a handful of things from them and i would say quality wise you know they're they're reminiscent of a um 
help me out here. Like what's, what's some of the like premium third party Apple accessory makers. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, like 12 South. Yeah. Th- th- that's, that's it? who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's who I would like. That's the only brand that I would buy from just cause there's so many brands that are mostly just nicely marketed, but it's basically just like drop shipping from China and it's not actually like better stuff. So that's where, yeah, because like the I think the Nomad Apple Watch bands aren't they like forty to sixty dollars? Yeah, they sell like a um, like um, kind of a sport bandy kind of thing that I've actually kind of looked at. It looks pretty nice, and yeah, I think I think it's about yeah, 60. that price. Yeah, yeah, I guess like all I want is, and I and I used to do this, but they they just wear out so damn fast, or they just get weird, like the the texture. Like if you buy a knockoff apple watch like the sport band like the one that's been from day one that they offered the one that they initially they had johnny in the video saying fluoroelastomer that one which apple still actually it's 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 inflation proof <laughs> they still sell it for 50 dollars, which was too expensive in 2015 still too expensive in 2022 but feels less too expensive so um those i kind of like i just want like just some diversity and like some mix like to be able to mix that up because like it's it's the ultimate band that like like you wash your hands you go for a run you do whatever you want like if if it gets wet it's totally fine and it dries in two seconds whereas like the the leather is called the leather link isn't that the one that you have yeah Mm -hmm. i really want that one but i just can't deal with the it's going to take a while to dry thing or having to be super super careful when you're washing your hands or having to swap a band because I'm going to go out for a run. Like those are just things I don't want to do, even though I think it looks really, really nice. Well, so for what it's worth, and I, I feel like maybe I've told you this offline, offline, but with that leather link band, I mean, the, the best sort of example I can give in terms of its durability is I accidentally wore it into the shower one time. Um, and it was, it was totally fine. Well, no, totally. But then, how long does it take for it to not be wet? Like that—that's my problem. It didn't didn't seem like it was very long. I can't, I can't say I was paying close attention to it. But maybe the better way to address that would be like when I'm wearing it, I don't ever because I because I know what you're saying. Like with some bands, like you you wash your hands and stuff, and then like your your watch band just feels like it's damp the rest of the day. Yeah, or if it if it's if it's if it stays that way for more than like ten minutes, that would be a non-starter for me. Right. Um, I've never found that to be the case with the the leather link. I mean, I have that band in two colors. I li- I like it so much, so that that's that's a good one. Yeah, I've had it in my Amazon cart forever, just to see if it, it ever drops in price. But it's currently, I really like this Sequoia green color, and it's currently ninety two dollars and eighty one cents. So it's so it's slightly cheaper on Amazon, but yeah, it's um, it's amazing. I haven't I haven't bought that one. Um, because that color is kind of up my alley. Because um, I, I don't like green, but I do very much like a, a very deep forest green. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got... Um, it must have some kind of... Um, I don't know what the right word is. Like finish or Water. Co- coating on it. Because it it doesn't really feel like a leather. Like the outside of it feels like it's got some kind of yeah coating on it and maybe that is some kind of water resistant finish i i don't really know 
but anyway, it, it's a it's a really nice band, and it's it's incredibly comfortable because it's kind of you can kind of make it you know literally an infinite number of sizes, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a nice. Have band. you have you ever exercised with it or or exercise no, like, no, thing no, where no, you no. sweat a lot? That's the that's the thing because I just don't want to change bands. Like well, if, I, if I'm going out for a nice night, but I think that's where for you that's where your um steel is it called the steel link um is that your kind of your pref- preferred fancy it up uh, apple watch band well my, my preferred one's actually the the nomad one they make a really nice steel link band that that is pricey although i i got it on a sale um it's pricey but i mean it's it's a heck of a lot cheaper than like the apple one is um that's like my my fancy band um and then i i have like a set of dedicated workout bands that i really only wear when working out but i like i'm i'm sort of of the type where i you know i don't mind changing my apple watch band you know even like multiple times a day like i actually kind of enjoy doing that but you know if you're the type of person who wants to wear you know kind of one band all day every day then you know that's where like a sport band is kind of going to be your go-to yeah and then going back to the original point is just that, yeah, on Amazon, like it's been, we're up to what the series eight, like the Apple watch has been around for eight or nine years and just the knockoff bands haven't gotten any better. Like they're all fine for the first week, but then just like the plastic or like the rubber just gets kind of gross and it's it's like a it's like a iPhone case that doesn't wear very well. Like it just gets kind of it just like the the feeling and the texture just gets it just becomes different. So I I I don't know. I I would like to have like for October and 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 November. Like I kind of wanted something either orange or like a light brown. Like just something that's kind of like fallish. But I'm not. Well, one Apple doesn't currently this this generation or this season doesn't have a color like that. But also I just don't want to spend fifty five dollars on that. And that's where I would absolutely spend 10 or maybe 20 if it would like if Apple, if Apple watch bands were $30 from Apple, I'd buy every color, but, Mm -hmm. but 50 is too much. Yeah. 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 But yeah, this leather link, that might be, it might be worth it. We'll see. It's, it's nice. Yep. All right. Well, that has been sitting in the document for four weeks and now it's gone. All right. Um, (laughs) I don't know why we haven't actually gotten around talking about it, but, um, did the rights to this ever get finalized, or was it just more that Apple is probably not in the lead anymore? Uh, no, I don't. So even though this story is a few weeks old now, I don't think anything's changed. Um, and so that this will be in the notes. And the, the gist here, so this is an NFL Sunday ticket update. Um, and the kind of the main through line of this CNBC article is that, you know, the NFL would really evidently like to come to an agreement with apple you know both for the obvious reason that apple can pay them (laughs) a ton of money and then for the second reason that you know apple's not an existing partner and you know all the rumors have been that the nfl would really prefer to sell sunday ticket rights to a a new partner as opposed to an existing partner just because you know that expands their reach even further blah 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 um and the i guess kind of the the maybe new piece of information that's come out of this article is that you know one of the main sticking points with um apple has been that 
they don't want to essentially just become um, a carrier, essentially. Like they, they don't want to just be provided kind of a video feed from the NFL and just the rights are basically just like, hey, you can just rebroadcast this essentially. Like they they want more flexible rights. Um, and I guess in terms of maybe even things like, you know, international availability, et cetera. And it sounds like that's where they, you know, haven't come to an agreement with um, the NFL, which is kind of interesting because, you know, the, the, the criticism of like the, the Friday night baseball thing that Apple did this past season was that they didn't really do anything unique with it like they really like they just kind of took an you know an mlb network broadcast essentially put some apple branding on it and, and kind of put it out there so at least from like a production standpoint they haven't actually done anything that seems like it would require any sort of flexibility um but you know they they did they did broadcast those games internationally which i guess is a bit unique um so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just it's sort of interesting to hear that Apple kind of wants flexibility to kind of do a lot of different things with these sports rights, but there there isn't really any example from what they've done so far of them doing anything super unique at least from a presentation perspective. Yeah, cuz I mean that so because the the Friday night baseball stuff has a lot of parallels to Amazon's Thursday night football approach, which is I mean Honestly, I don't think I've actually watched any of the Friday Night Baseball thing other than like maybe the first two weekends. And like, sure, it's got a it's got a vaguely Apple-ish aesthetic on the um, like infographic or like the on-screen graphics package. And they also lean heavily into the shallow depth of field mirrorless element that got pioneered in the 2020 NFL season. But like to like sure they have their own people in the booth and that's kind of what Amazon is doing with Thursday night football like even though they got screwed on a pretty mediocre and this is reports from other people but pretty mediocre schedule of just really unexciting games um like they hired who it wasn't the guy from NBC Sports like isn't Al, Al Michaels yeah yeah like he's like that's not breaking new ground but it's like they're at least doing enough where it's not the previous iteration of the Amazon deal, which I think was literally, literally, let's put the Amazon logo on what they were going to show on NFL Network, which is an improvement. Like, I mean, but it's, yeah, nobody's like entirely reimagining what the sports viewing experience is. And I don't know if that's a thing where the leagues don't want that or the, maybe the technology companies aren't willing to. I I, I don't know. but. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting. Yeah, but yeah, but so as it, it sounds like Apple's pretty much out. No, no, not not at all. It, it sounds like the NFL and Apple kind of want to make it happen, but they just haven't come to an agreement quite yet. Like to the point where I think the the CNBC article gets into this too that you know, the NFL kind of wants to finalize a deal sooner rather than later because, you know, the league and their new partner are going to want plenty of time to to promote this new offering, you know, well in advance of next season. And it sounds like, you know, they might be sort of 
willing to let this drag out a little bit longer if that means they can actually, you know, close a deal with Apple. Hmm. And I'm sure I could find this in the article, but does AT&T slash DirecTV, are they just not near the top of bidders or do they not not really have, or do they not really have any interest in continuing this because of the Warner brothers thing? I don't know if it's because of the Warner brothers thing, but they are not, um, they are not a part of um, negotiations for um, the new, the new deal. So they, they don't, they don't want it. Okay. And then what's, what's this, what's a black Friday game? When you posted this, I didn't, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't didn't click, I didn't click on it, but I actually don't know what this is. So this, this is kind of amazing. So, um, and I, I, I don't remember if I, was talking to you about this and actually might have been with the lady friend um but you know this this amazon thursday night football deal i think is a 10-year deal and basically just like what you were talking about everything about this first season has just been very vanilla like you know the 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 schedule has just been exactly the same as it's been historically you know, the broadcast, while, you know, it is Amazon produced, which is, of course, novel, it's otherwise a very kind of standard, like, totally competent, you know, NFL broadcast. Like, there's not anything particularly unique or novel about it outside of the fact that it's Amazon as opposed to, you know, Fox or CBS or NBC or whoever. Um, but one of the things I have been curious about is, you know, given the length of the deal, this like 10 year timeline, you know, is Amazon maybe going to play it a little safe, you know, the first year or two, but then maybe as they get a bit more comfortable with this, you know, do they kind of branch out and maybe try some different stuff? And the the reason this stood out to me, so that the story here is that next season, the week of Thanksgiving, instead of doing a Thursday night game where, I mean, to get into the weeds here a little bit, the the way it works on Thanksgiving with the NFL is there's, I think it's three games and the Thursday night game is actually an NBC broadcast. So whoever the normal Thursday night broadcaster is basically doesn't broadcast a game Thanksgiving week. And so what Amazon's going to start doing next season is they're going to do a Black Friday game, which got to say is kind of brilliant because like this game is going to absolutely be half NFL game, half, you know, Amazon commercial for like, you know, the start of the holiday shopping season. (laughs) So it kind of seems like. I know there's some very yeah, proud, but, you know, I, but that's, that was actually because the dumb joke I, I had know, in the chamber himself on the back. Wait, but the, the dumb joke that I had in the chamber was that like they would make a Prime Day game. Like, does Amazon generally hype up Black Friday? Well, that so that's I mean that that's kind of what I mean by I think going forward we're gonna see more and more unique stuff that amazon tries to do with this nfl package so i a a prime day game i think is absolutely something that could happen at some point but black friday is more of a like traditional big shopping day and yeah i I think amazon does i think they do black friday sales and stuff like everybody else does so anyway i I thought this was really interesting there not really a topic for this show, but um, there is also another kind of interesting dynamic with this where 
there's always been kind of like an unofficial truce between the NFL and college football where they, they kind of both agree to not really step on each other's toes and generally kind of stay, you know, in on their own days of the week. Um, but th- this is going to be a kind of a, a big exception to that where I actually didn't know this, but the, I guess the day after Thanksgiving is a big college football day. Um, and so, you know, and this is going to be the first time that the NFL is going to have a game the day after Thanksgiving. So potentially the start of a little bit of, um, conflict there, you know, as, as some of these media rights change and as these new broadcasting partners are, you know, going to want to try to do different things like Amazon is doing here. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, um, like, cause I, I'm all for, you know, if Amazon and Apple and like whoever else are going to be buying these rights, like I'm all for them shaking up the format and doing something different. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would like to see, you know, more of this type of thing. Yeah. If they had real curves, they would make it so that you had to watch it on an Amazon echo. <laughs> um, but the one point um, friend of the show, Peter Kafka. Again, so many people that don't know the friends of the show. He was. Um, are you familiar with who Jason Gay is? I don't believe so. No. He's the one of the lead uh, report uh, sports reporters for the Wall Street Journal. And it, and even though I don't like sports that much, or like I, I don't care about football and a lot of other sports, he's actually very interesting and, and fun to read. But he was. They had they they had him on this week, and um, what was my point? which one are you that that, that what, were, what were we talking about i totally i totally oh no sorry amazon wow sorry that I, that tj's I wine kind of hit different tonight no i i didn't there's not even anything on my screen that distracted me no um because there's the reason sorry the reason i got distracted is something that i was not going to ask about but actually actually i ended up mighty asking about no that Amazon's NFL Thursday night games are actually because Amazon is being proactive in releasing viewership numbers is like it's pulling in stuff like you'd get on cable like they're averaging like upwards of 10 million viewers a game. Yeah, I think I think which, the, because the, I think the stat that came out of week one was they they had like the most new prime members sign up for prime like over a 24 hour period, like in the history of the company or something. Yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like it's been really successful. Well, and let me ask, do you have to be a prime subscriber or can you just on Thursday night, just go to amazon.com and watch the game? No, you have to be a prime subscriber. That would suggest there's a lot of prime subscribers in the U S. <laughs> um, yeah. And sorry. And, and, and leave, leave all that in again. I, I'm, I'm allowed one brain fart every 10 episodes. Oh no, no, it's, it's, it's all the, staying in. But no, but the reason I was I was hesitating, and you got this part out, is that in that same conversation, <laughs> did they uh, did something happen with uh, like apparently like all, all like again the schedule of interesting NFL games has not really been there, but did something happen with some type of like concussion injury from some guy on a recent Thursday yeah, night game? Yeah, that yeah, there. I don't. It was, I don't want to. Go- it was yeah, well, the well, well, briefly. What was yeah, it, it was the uh, well. So the the quarterback of the um miami dolphins had had what everybody suspected was a head injury in in the previous week to that thursday night game but was allowed to continue playing and it was 
bit of a bit of a controversy leading up to the this Thursday night game. I think it was Miami and um, Cincinnati, and then that same quarterback he had another head injury, so it kind of seemed like this could potentially be like his second concussion in five days. And he, I mean, he had to be you know carted off the field, and it was. It was kind of a whole thing for for that reason, and he's he's fine now. He's actually playing again. Um, probably probably not. I mean, uh, well, I mean, long term, sure. Uh, but but, but, the, but I, guess- I think the reason maybe you heard about it, or I think maybe the context you heard about this in, is that the Amazon broadcast kind of fumbled. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't didn't mean that. I know. Um, the way that they handled it live, um, you know, they, they showed the replay a bunch of times, which, which they eventually stopped doing. Like, I think some, <laughs> some producer stepped in at some point and said, hey, we, we've got to stop showing this. Um, yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't handled all that well. Although, you know, I would say in Amazon's defense, I, I, can't, I can't confidently say that any of the other broadcasters would have done much different but and this is definitely not a uh a thing against you but like but i guess like my my uh, my i i i take issue with or am con- 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 like confused about the term head injury because it was this not like this is not like he just fell on the field i assume somebody to try to stop him or did something to him that caused that correct correct what yeah. was the person who did that to him was it outside the normal bounds of the game or was it just no. unfortunate both times unfortunate both times yeah <sighs> hmm. he was the, the he was just he was sacked a couple of times and you know his head his head hit the ground really really hard got it all right well that that is football talk for the week of uh, um and the, the last thing related to this that I, that I was getting distracted by which is that so in terms of sports so football is big on Thanksgiving, but isn't, but Christmas is mainly basketball time, right? Or was that just in my household that Christmas day games were a big thing for the NBA? Yeah. I mean, everybody actually kind of jokes that Christmas day is the, the actual start of the NBA season because the NBA <laughs> season is too long. Um, and so, you know, the first month and a half or actually, gosh, about two months of the season, because the season starts basically mid to end October um, is, you know, almost like an extended preseason kind of thing. And then, yeah, the, the, the season really kicks into gear on Christmas day. And then what are we up to now? I think they do like five games on Christmas day and they're, you know, they're usually, you know, marquee, you know, matchups and everything. So gotcha. yeah, your memory, your memory is good there. Yeah. I, I just remember, uh, Christmas Day Lakers games were always a big deal. And yeah, I think the Lakers never, the never, La- never really under, never really understood the appeal. The, <laughs> I think the Lakers have played on Christmas Day. I mean, gosh, I mean, every year since I can remember. So it's been at least at least the past twenty five years or so they've played on Christmas Day. Yeah, even in years Speaking- where they're not very good, like this year. <laughs> uh, well, you're acting like that's a rarity. <laughs> they haven't been good in a while. Um, I mean, they've, you know, they've won the title six times since 2000 and they're, what, what year is it? 
Well, it's it's 2022, but I mean, no other team has won it. I mean, who would be second in that list? I think it'd be... How, how have they been doing in the past seven years? I mean, they, they won the championship two years ago, so... Did they? Yeah, they won in 2020. Uh, well, geez, so this, this brings up two follow-up questions. Uh, do you like LeBron James? I feel like you're indifferent. Like, I don't, I've never actually seen an emotional response to LeBron James since he moved. Do you, do you accept him as like somebody who is critical to the Lakers' history and legacy? he's he's fine i don't you know well, i think king james is more than fine I, even even though i don't care for basketball that much um i i think it's objectively people could say he's very good at basketball oh you know I, I don't mean he's fine in terms of how good he is at basketball i mean he's fine in terms of just how i feel about him in general like he yeah i i mean i don't know he He's, you know, I mean, it was so different with like, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Kobe was a complicated figure for reasons outside of basketball, but, you know, he was different just strictly in basketball terms as a Laker because the Lakers drafted him and then he, you know, spent his entire career in LA. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even someone like Shaq, who, you know, he also came over to the team after having played for a different team, but they're like, you know, Shaq kind of played his, like his prime years with, with LA. Whereas LeBron is coming in kind of like at the end of his career. So I guess to paraphrase, and you tell me this is an unfair characterization is that you respect LeBron less. Cause he kind of feels more like a baseball, sorry, basketball, basketball mercenary, where he just kind of just spends like two or three years in a random city that wants to try to fix their team. I wouldn't say it's, a different level of respect per se. I would just say it's or attachment. I feel maybe. less attachment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Your attachment style is not LeBron James. Correct. Yeah. Do you, do you get that joke? No. Okay. Am I supposed uh, to be happy? You're married. All right. Anyway, um, hmm. <laughs> you, you can Google that. Later. I'm, I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my profile. The LeBron James is my attachment style. Okay. Uh, let anyway, me, let me know how that goes. Um, and the last bit about what were we talking about? That it was. I, I, I don't um, know. You 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 tell me. Um, is related to the Lakers. Um, oh, the crypto uh, again. I I really have to before the show actually look at the document to see if if the stuff that I intend to be in here actually makes it in. Um, man, when the when the now the crypto. One, it was never a legitimate thing, <laughs> but now that it's absolutely falling apart, which is the only good part of this impending recession, is that I I am going to drive down to Los Angeles and celebrate and lead a parade when the, it is returned to being called the Staples Center, because there's no way that that um, crypto.com arena deal holds, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you brought this up uh, online, offline recently, and so the the kind of the nerdy accounting brain in me kind of immediately went to like what what the structure of that deal must be because i think it's it's a pretty long agreement i think it's like yeah at least 10 years but i'm assuming that the actual like payments are probably made like they probably didn't pay for like all 10 years up front like they probably did pay they they probably pay like a year at a time maybe 
So if they get into a position where they can't make those payments or don't want to, then yeah, I do wonder if that maybe opens the door for that for that deal to fall through. Yeah. You you said something other- something in the thing that we're not really going to go into deep on the show, but what? it was a pretty shocking stat, right? Like it was like the crypto.com crypto- trading volumes down like over 90% in like the past 7 months or something. Crypto.com trading volume sinks 91% one year after the brave Matt Damon ad. I here's here's my oh not, man. not, e- not even a year though, right? Wasn't that just like yeah. this? No, it was it was it wasn't a it was a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Yeah. Here's uh. my thing, and you can feel free to edit this out because we will make en- enemies of people in Hollywood. Um I get bummed out when like not that he should be canceled, but like, but like this, how does this not impact Matt Damon's career? Like, I feel like the, if you attach yourself and you do like a, just like a, a money grab or something kind of lousy, like I'm, I like, I'm surprised it doesn't follow him. Like, I don't know. Like that, that seemed like, cause when you, when you're taking a payday for something that is basically telling regular people to buy this made up thing that is entirely speculative, like you, you're 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 doing that eyes open, right? I don't know that 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 bums me out. No, I Same I thing. not only am I not going to cut that out. Like I I agree a hundred and ten percent with you. I mean, I at at the time, like when that ad aired, I remember just being it's like just it's muttering "fuck you, dude." Yeah, like just I just completely in shock, like not even knowing like what to say. Like it was such a dumb ad, and and so misleading and 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 ugh, yeah um like i i i i i was gonna say i'm not a crypto hater i'm actually no that's i i do i do hate it but i i, I from a technical basis and having researched it like a, a, enough to know like i do not think the blockchain and all kind of stuff is, is entirely worthless but from this particular retail facing crypto exchange like there is no use for it other than speculation. So like that that is what like there's no way that Matt Damon does not have people in his life that are telling him like this is what it is and you're choosing to put yourself on this. But there's just like no I don't know if it's like uh people don't have long long enough memories or just nobody cares, but like it's it's just it's it's gross and I and I'm bummed that it's not gonna stick to him. I com- I completely agree. Yeah. Now Something you probably won't go sign. Uh, the the to take it a step further, the I kind of like Reese Witherspoon is also she did this whole thing, and I'm not sure if you, if you ever heard about this part, but she start she did this whole pivot in early spring where she was trying to pitch NFTs as a vehicle for female empowerment, and that's another thing where just there's never going to be any consequences for as a celebrity doing something just that's going to cause a bunch of regular people to lose money and you can just walk away from it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a bummer. And, no, I, she's, I had, bad at, and she's bad in the morning show. So. <laughs> I had not, had not heard of that, but seems like it's similarly in an issue. Yeah. Like, it, like if, if you're like Jimmy Fallon and you're talking about your, your, your board ape or whatever, like that, that's, that's stupid, but it's also, you can move past it. Because, like, that's not something a regular person's going to buy. I don't know. Anyway. Um, all right. 
main business, I think. Uh, all right. You, nope. Well, what is this? Do you... I mean, we, we've, we've really got like one, one big topic here. Which is what? iCloud shared photo library. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Elon Musk. No, no, I, no, no, no. I would pay for a version of tech meme that just had a filter that removed all the Elon Musk news. <laughs> well, actually, sorry, let's, let's, let's give this, we're going to cap it at two minutes. So Elon Musk, the world's richest man, bought Twitter. Do you care? Actually, no, I won't even put any more words behind that. No, do, yeah. do, you, do, you, do, you, do you care? Do it, you think it's going to impact how you use Twitter? Do you, yeah, do you, any, do you care? It, it actually is completely the right question to ask because that, if, over the last, you know, five days, that's, that's been the thing that I've struggled with is should I care personally and kind of more broadly is the amount of attention and media coverage that's been put on this, is that justified? And I, I, I still do, I don't know what the answer to those are yet because, I mean, Twitter has always... Like its influence, I think, has always been a bit exaggerated, um, and so you know, particularly now, it feels like everything that's happening to the company is is being covered as if it is you know world changing. And it actually <laughs> something that I noticed, um, I think it was um, today or maybe yesterday, when some article that I saw about. Um, you know, advertisers kind of pulling out of Twitter. The thing that I've seen actually, at least in one place, maybe it was a couple of places, which is why this stood out is, you know, Twitter is generally such a small portion of advertisers' budgets compared to like what they spend on Facebook and some other social media sites. Um, and, you know, the, the reason that stood out to me is because it, it does kind of put twitter into perspective where it's it's very you know attention grabbing and influencing within kind of a certain circle of people but how that translates to society more broadly is still something i feel like i don't have a good grasp on and you know maybe maybe nobody does so i think all that's pretty well said or i i agree with 60 percent of it um before i go into my thing i guess my question is does this does the ownership and what you can logically think are going to be the the near-term consequences of the ownership change do you think that will change how you use twitter and or your likelihood to use it more or less i already don't use it a ton and you know we've we've talked about this on the show like i i use it quite a bit less than i've than i've used it in the past so i'm probably not the right <laughs> kind of not the right person to gauge hmm. okay so uh going back to what you your your summary or, or your thoughts so i would just i would i i get that but i would disagree with a lot of it which is that and this is the one thing that has always underscored the whole discussion about Twitter's profitability and Twitter's overall importance in the 
social networking space. So you said you think Twitter's influence is exaggerated. I would say that's partially true, but that's because Twitter is a, it, it has like two audiences or, or two, two things that matter. Facebook has a lot of users. Like they, I think the combined, what was the thing? Wasn't there, that was the bummer about the, the um, I think it was yesterday's The Daily is, hey, we got a Kevin Roos episode, but it was, it was uh, Kevin and Sabrina. But anyway, um, that Facebook, the, the uh, Facebook proper and Instagram, I think have a total, like it's like 3 billion combined monthly active users. And it is substantially less for Twitter. But for Twitter to have influence and to be an important website, social network, generator of news, what, what have you, it, you, you, don't, you, you don't have to be somebody who's there tweeting and favoriting things. Like it's, it's the fact that there are either people who already have existing influence or people that become famous or influential due to the amplification mechanisms of Twitter that cause Twitter to be important and or vital. And I would say the one thing that relative to total number of users versus cultural, political, and like economic influence, whatever ratio that is, Twitter is like way higher than that. Like I think so much of the media is a bunch of journalists and people of influence talking on Twitter and in their own echo chamber talking to each other and amplifying ideas. But that also does kind of set the what's popular and like a lot of media narratives. And I think a lot of, and this is something that uh, Kevin Roos explained on the day, like a lot of the modern day cult of Elon stuff, like has kind of been fully created on Twitter. And that's why he's gonna become who he is, how he is. I don't know. Like it's Twitter's website is much more, than the the sum of its users in terms of regular people. So in the end, like I kind of don't like, I, I don't care, but I am nervous about what might become depending on what type of changes are Enacted, like, because I, 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 I'm not optimistic, or I don't think that he's going to do a whole bunch of stuff to make it a wildly profitable company. And the two directions that it can go down from a content moderation and user experience, but not in the usual like San Francisco user experience way. Like, I, I don't know which direction he's going to choose because this is the other part, and 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 you as being the numbers guy can probably explain this to me better. In terms of Twitter's financial situation. And his obligation to have it make money, I actually don't entirely understand that part. Like, I don't know if this can just be like if Elon Musk is in the situ- in the economic or the financial situation where he can just let this be a vanity project, or if this does actually need to make money. Because that's the other big question: is like, do you take the content moderation thing of this is just this free for all, or we're we're going to unban Trump and we're going to let anybody say whatever they want, or like other than or like drawing the line like strictly like at death threats like it, it, you either make a place where 
it's it, everybody can say whatever they want, but you're going to alienate all like the normal people because it's just like a shitty place to be. Or do you like abandon the whole idea of like profitability and that doesn't matter? So I don't know because you, you posted a thing on here. Again, you're welcome to respond to any of that if you want to, but otherwise you can jump to the part of you posted a times thing about here about like the Twitter's debt situation and how that impacts the likely decisions the new owners are going to make. I didn't entirely get that part, but I also didn't read too closely into it. Yeah, I, you know, I guess I am, I am the number numbers guy here, but you know, this, this kind of stuff is a little bit above my pay grade. My, my read is that, you know, Musk could probably turn this basically just into a vanity project if he really wanted to. Um, but you know, even for someone like him, that's that's not going to be great financially. Mm-hmm. How much debt does Twitter have in total? Alexa, no. <laughs> I think it's it's something like. I think after the deal closed, it ended up being like the thirteen billion. I think it is that was taken out in debt. Twitter has $18.5 billion in debt, allegedly. Got it. Um, I, guess, I mean, one of the main takeaways from this is that, from this New York Times article, which will be in the notes, is that, you know, Twitter's even like current day revenue, which which presumably is going to decline a fair bit, isn't going to cover the the interest payments on on this debt that they have. So, you know, I don't think that's going to financially ruin elon musk but um you know it's not that's not that's not great although i I don't know maybe maybe he's so rich he doesn't care well he's got all that full self-driving money <laughs> what do you th- where do you think that twelve thousand dollars is going i mean that uh, that's sort of what i uh, <laughs> a, 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 the, the main reason why so much of this is over my head is that you know the you know, people like Bezos and Musk, these, these, you know, you know, tech executives who are, they're rich on paper, right? But it's not like they're necessarily sitting on a ton of cash. So I, in terms of their kind of like cash flow situation, like that, that's the part that I, you know, I'm not a financial advisor. So that, that piece, I don't have a lot of insight into. Yeah, that's and we'll we'll get into this in a little bit. That's that's always the thing that uh, bums me out of because I'm fairly leftward leaning, but there's a lot of people who don't actually understand what having money on like in in certain asset classes and in stocks and stuff like that versus how you actually tax. Anyway, it's, it's it, that's a whole other thing. Anyway, um, congrats on the purchase, Elon. Or sorry, Mr. Musk, whichever, which, oh, I forget what our policy is on people we don't like. <laughs> I know. I never remember that either. Yeah. All right. Um, so I got photo library or shared photo library. That's the whole point of this. So I'm, I assume on the show we've talked about my dream, mm-hmm. We have. which is that, well, but sorry, the dream that's not the Taylor Swift concert one, which <laughs> she is coming back to the Bay Area soon. Uh, but it's, it's in Santa Clara where the um silicon valley 49ers play so icloud showed a shared photo library kind of executes on the dream that i've had for a very long time which is that 
So I have iCloud Photo Library, which is where all my iPhone photos live. And then I, as of last week, have 57,001 photos from fancy cameras in Lightroom. And I've tried in the past many different solutions because I, I wanted those available on my phone or like not at my computer. But I don't want to just throw that many photos in my iPhone library because that would just that would just make it unwieldy and it would make it hard to find anything I want. It's just this is not what I wanted. So I the most recent setup that I found was that I would use Amazon Photos. And the workaround was that you can download the Amazon Photos app on your iPhone, and then you can use the now deprecated uh, Amazon Drive app to synchronize a folder that you get Lightroom to spit out a bunch of JPEGs into. And then it would sync, and then it was mostly fine, but it broke a while ago, and it never really recovered. And I also tried Dropbox for this and a few others, and it was never a good solution. And then a feature that Apple had not chosen to really like it was just like an obvious missing part of the photos experience on an iphone and they just never really addressed it but this year with ios 16 they did and it got delayed a little bit but it it does exist now so i will just run through the setup process because i will i will give the tldr on this which is that it mostly works the way i want it to kind of so but the only thing is it's it's complicated and i'll try i'll try to sum up the story because it, it is really hard to use and it requires a lot of for my specific um implementation it requires a lot of moving parts that i was worried would have to happen so uh i you i tried running inside a virtual machine uh a different apple id on ventura so that i could invite them to uh, an Apple ID family sharing situation so that I could have that separate library sharing with my primary one. And it took a long time to kind of get that set up the way that I wanted to. And it ultimately theoretically should have accomplished what I wanted. But then this, then my podcast co-host told me, Hey, no, you're a fucking idiot. Why, why are you doing any of that? Because you can just make this weird antisocial iCloud photo library thing. Cause my whole thing was that, Hey, you, cause, cause I was so mad when you told me all this, cause it was, it was so much wasted effort. And also what you told me made no sense, but it does actually work the way that you suggested it. And I was so mad. So a few things. So, when I was planning all this out in my head, I was thinking like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a two-Mac household. I'm a two-Mac user. I've got my, my desktop. I've got my laptop. They're both logged in to the same Apple ID, and they work the way that you would expect it to, or the way that I expect it to, which is that you your photo library is exactly the same on all your devices. When I take a picture on my iPhone, it's also on my Mac, on my Mac Studio and my MacBook Pro, and that's great. And then you were like, well, no, just you can make a shared photo library and just not invite anybody else to it. I'm like, great. That doesn't solve my issue. What are you talking about? And then you're like, well, no, you can just choose to not add any stuff to the shared library and just like drag it in. I'm like, well, sure, but that still doesn't do what I want, but somehow it actually does do what I want. And I don't know how you eventually explained it in a way that made me understand it. I think the part that finally made it click to you is that, 
photos only live in one library or the other, meaning that Correct. your personal, I don't know, what, what's, I don't know, I'm not going to get the right phrasing here, I don't think, but it's called, like so you open up photos, it, it, there's a little toggle that says personal library, shared library, both libraries. Right. And so like your, your personal library is not like a subset of the shared library or vice versa. Um, like they, they are just two completely separate photo libraries. And and that's with a big old, with a with a big old asterisk on that that we'll get to. Okay, um, which is that that's really the the novel thing about this feature, which is that you know Apple's had things like shared albums for a long time, but those those have always been subsets of just your your personal library. So you you basically take your personal library and just like share small pieces of it with other people. Whereas this is literally like, you know, a, a separate partition on your hard drive, right? I don't know what the right, you know, analogy to use <laughs> is, um, but like a, a completely separate um, area where a completely different set of photos live. And, you know, like when you take a, a photo on your iPhone, let's say, that photo can only live in one library or the other. It, it can be in your personal library or it can be in your shared library. It, it can't be in both. I think I think that's the part that made it kind of click for you. Yeah, because the way that I thought it would work is basically you have your primary library and then you have your primary library. And it's just an amalgamation of everybody whose Apple ID is in this family sharing agreement. Right, right. And so, yeah, so it, it's not that way. What just kind of interesting like i i don't i don't know it's neat because i guess like my fundamental misunderstanding or the or the like just now that i know the way it works my question is like okay why can't i have three four like i mean because at this point it could not it could also just not be called shared library it could just be like secondary library or it could be like the the smith's library or whatever like it, it could just be whatever you want like it doesn't actually that i think shared library is a misnomer or it's poorly named in that way but it ultimately does do what I want, which is I, on my Mac, this didn't even require creating a separate user account or Apple ID or, or anything like that. I just went into Lightroom. I said, hey, spit out uh, all my photos at 75% JPEG quality, limited to 24 megapixels, and that made each photo like an average of like three to five megabytes. And then I dragged them. I went to, or I went to, I first reluctantly upgraded to Ventura and ever, uh, just a, a spoiler, the settings app or the replacement for system preferences system preferences is exactly as bad as it says. Oh, oh yeah it's, it's fucking it's, it's, it's real bad yep um it's it doesn't look like map like mac app it's so confusing the text is tiny i just i don't i don't get it but anyway so i created i upgraded to ventura i created that shared library and then I, I quickly on all my devices said, hey, nope, I don't ever want you to ever do anything with a shared library. Do not want to take a picture, suggest that I share it. Nope, just none of that. And then I went on my Mac and I went to the shared library toggle and then dragged in 57,000 photos. And because I have, I live in a, a cable town market, um, and even though I have the most expensive and uh, highest end plan available to me, I am capped at 40 megabits, not bytes per second upload. So it took two and a half days to upload <laughs> all those. And then I realized that, you know what, I could literally just 
get grab one of the four terabyte SSDs I have here, copy all the photos there, just drive it over to Ryan's house <laughs> and just say, hey, can you can you upload this? And even with the drive time and the tolls, it would have taken fucking like an order of magnitude. What what is what is wait, sorry, what's a thousand divided by forty? <laughs> <laughs> it'd have been 25 times faster to let you do it yep but <laughs> and, and also if you could put it in the show notes i did i did make because i was bored and i was waiting for this uh, fucking upload to finish i made my i made a meme of the 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 thing where the guy's looking at the other girl and it, it, it's very funny in context i, I, I saw anyway. that um did you, did you also know just to make you even more mad while you're on this you, um topic why? Why? Um, you know that um well you, you, i know you i know you have the slow one where you could have like the symmetrical five gigabytes yeah i fucking know that well no there's that but then also there's no data caps on any of oh, AT&T's yeah, plans so, well sure but i mean mine doesn't have a data cap either because i fucking pay comcast an extra 50 dollars a month to be able to use more than one terabyte of data a month. no but that, that's what i'm saying is i i pay no, no. 80 dollars a month for a gig up and down with no data caps uh-huh. and i pay them 130 dollars a month and you know what? we're getting the same thing except we're not getting the same thing because this is why now, this, I'm voting for Bernie. This is this is this <laughs> Bernie wouldn't let this happen. Kidding. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So eventually, I uploaded it, and it works exactly the way I wanted to. So there's I, I there's some screenshots I intended to take before this that would be more illustrative, but I'm sure I'll have more follow up on this next week. So I'll I'll send them then. But like, yeah, I it I can have an entirely separate library. I'm able to go find that photo from august of 2018 i'm able to see my geotag of it my lightroom tags come over too which is kind of neat like it's it works exactly the way i wanted to with one caveat which is that i mentioned during when i was buying my cursed lousy iphone 14 pro i got the 512 because i want i really really like having download originals turned on and guess what's one option that you do not have related to a shared photo library what uh there is no separate download originals versus optimized storage oh. on a per library basis oh, oh so oh, okay I, so now i yeah. have to turn on optimized storage because otherwise my fi- my 512 gigabyte phone would be occupied by four so gigabytes of photos okay so i i was i was confused about where you're going with that because I, I I use optimized storage and also use shared library. So I thought you were going to say there was some issue there, but I, I see what you're saying. So what, what you would want is the ability to have original sized photos on your personal library, but Correct. then optimize storage on your shared. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is a feature everybody would want that. Huh? Like that seems like a big that, oversight because like if, if you have like six people contributing to a photo, like a, that's a lot of photos. I so that that is a feature that I think would be equally beneficial to your weird use case and, <laughs> and the intended one. And the intended one. So I actually oh, could <laughs> I could see them adding that. That that's that's really interesting. Yeah, there yeah, there's a lot um there's a lot that well, I actually think overall shared photo library is is amazing like i there's a lot of things about it that i just absolutely love it's it's exactly what i've wanted for the lady friend and i for a long time because because we do the thing that like jason sells described which is like every once in a while just like you know sharing batches of photos with each other with each other which is which is so dumb like it should just be we both just have access to these photos in real time so like 
from that standpoint, it's it's great. And it, it does a lot of smart things too, where like you can have it automatically turn on when you're in proximity to each other or when you're at home. There's also just like a little toggle that you can manually turn it on and off within the camera app. Like there's a lot of really great things about it. Um, but there are some things around not even really the edges, but like almost like the semi edges about it that, that haven't been fully thought out. Like you're bringing up a really good example of that. Another example is the way that duplicates are handled where it seems like I still need to dig into this a little bit further to confirm this, but it seems like if an identical photo is both in your personal library and in the shared library. So like an example of this would be like a photo that, you know, I've previously taken and then shared with the lady friend, you know, either via like typically via airdrop or maybe, you know, with like the SD card um lightning thingy. Um and and then, you know, subs you know now have shared it again with her via the the shared library it seems like if that photo is both in her personal library and in the shared library it doesn't get identified as a duplicate so like in other words the duplicate detection is is library specific which which doesn't that doesn't make any sense that's not the way it should be um so there there is some stuff like that which which needs to be more fully fleshed out which you know hopefully you know hopefully Apple does that over the next year or so. Yeah, but I mean over overall solid except one other big bug or not or or maybe a use case they didn't think through or maybe you still haven't time had time to work through. Like, so let's say you go to Instagram or something and you, or any app where, I don't know what the iOS developer uh, actual name of this is, but the thing where you, like the photo picker, where you get to choose like, hey, like, do I want to look at my recents, my favorites, my albums or whatever, like where you, you get access to your photo library on your phone in a different app. There is no library toggle in that one. So instead of having 20,000 iPhone photos, I now have 70,000. And if I'm in a different app, there is no way to only view your personal library. And that's a big bummer. That's that's another really interesting point. I I wonder if there's an API that Apple's made available to separate out which library those apps are looking at. And, and, you know... I've tried a few. Like, I mean, it's... Or, like, this isn't just specifically an Instagram thing. So... I think it's just that the system I, well, just I, didn't. Maybe, but I mean, shared photo library came in like really hot. <laughs> so if if there were APIs available, it's not really something that many would probably have had the opportunity to test. And I, mean, I don't know I mean, if we're going to get to this, but like well, even things app, like. Every app that I'm currently using has full rich dynamic island support like as of <laughs> a week ago. So I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, except not really. Um, yeah. So I, it, yeah, the, the, the live activity stuff is a bit of a disappointment so far. Um, 
but the underground sucks. <laughs> the whole thing here. Okay, I got I got another gripe, or just like the I this going back to my iPhone 14 is Pro was a bad decision, and everything else is about. People said that the dynamic island doesn't show up in screenshots. It totally does. And the thing that I feared or or just didn't want, which is that you have to be conscious of like what podcast you're listening to or what song you're listening to, to not have that come up in screenshots, is totally a thing, and I hate it. Mm. I don't know. Like, I mean, it's probably less pronounced for you because you um, you play stuff like through the Sonos app, where I am literally always either using AirPods or I am using uh, AirPlay from my phone. So therefore, my phone is always playing media, and I just hate having to crop out or think of: uh, Am I listening to a, an embarrassing podcast or like a Kesha song? Like, I, I it's, it's stuff like that where I just I don't like that. That's now a new consideration for a feature that didn't really have to be a feature and currently has no good use cases. So therefore there's no like, Oh, that's kind of inconvenient, but at least it does X. No, it, I I have not found one thing that uses the dynamic Island. Well, and there's a lot of things like the timer app and other things that just stink. So, um, yeah. Anyway, but I appreciate you uh, saving not, well, you didn't save me time because I had already wasted all the time. You, you saved me more time from trying to figure out how to do certain stuff but overall i think it's pretty good i like i i I, i'm really happy that to be able to locate any like nice photo i've taken easily yeah the the one the the one part because i we we talked about this a few weeks ago like before the feature was out and i i I was like telling you like no i think this is really going to work for your use case but the the one part of it that i wasn't quite sure about was like in the actual initial setup process, like, you know, you go to enable the shared library and then it's like, okay, great. Who do you want to share this with? I, d- I wasn't totally sure if like nobody <laughs> was an option. <laughs> um, like, well, I, then that's, and that's the reason why I thought like I was going to have to do the whole thing of like, oh, I'm going to have to have a separate user on my Mac or I'm going to have to do a virtual machine. Cause I, I 100% thought you would have to have a separate Apple ID that was feeding the photos into it. Well, I I thought what I thought what you were running into, like when you first started explaining what you were doing with the virtual machine thing, was like you went to enable shared library, and then it said, okay, great, who do you want to invite? And then you basically try to go, well, nobody, and it's like, well, no, you can't do that. <laughs> You've got to invite somebody. Like that that was the one part that I thought you might get hung up on, but that but that's that's not the case. Yeah, you can have anyway. a sh- you, so you can share it up to five with five people like or i guess really with five separate apple ids but you can also choose to just not share it with anybody well that that's that's discriminatory against people who call pets part of their family (laughs) (laughs) sorry um yeah anyway neat feature with the only other (laughs) downside is that i had to upgrade to the fucking the ten dollar icloud tier Um, I had been making do for a very long time with the three dollar two hundred gigs, but that's yeah. Um, the other kind of you know odd thing about it, which kind of applies to everything else that um, touches iCloud, is so I put a batch of photos from the fancy camera from Halloween into the the shared library um, yesterday, and I did that on my Mac, and the photos showed up on like my iPhone 
seemingly like really quickly, like within, you know, a few minutes, basically. But then on the lady friend's phone, they didn't show up until like the next day, until like this morning. So that's one thing is that I don't, and this is something that I, because I was, because I had two and a half days to watch the upload slowly, slowly go through. I don't think background updates happen on shared libraries. Like, because anytime I would toggle, because I was just like, it was a new feature and I was playing around with it. Like when I would go from, because I don't ever have the both libraries thing ever turned on. Like I was always either in personal or shared. And when I would go over to shared, it would never have updated in the background, even though thousands of photos an hour were being added to it. So I think as a battery saving feature, unless you are like tuned to the shared library, it doesn't update. I, well, I think we're both saying the same thing, but I, I think what it does is I think it works the same way that like face detection and stuff does where your phone has to be idle and to a degree idle and plugged in. I think that's, I think that's what happened with that batch of photos that I added to the shared library was the lady friend's phone didn't pick all that stuff up until her phone was plugged in and idle last night. Although that, that, that I doesn't don't e- think is true just because mine, it, when I just, when I would switch over to the photo library after about 30 seconds, it would go update and it would be like, oh, there's 600 more photos here than there were an hour ago. Well, but, but I mean, and I was not you, plugged in. You might be right because that would explain like why my phone, you know, picked up the photos right away. But I guess the counter to that would be like yesterday evening, like, you know, hours after I had initially uploaded these photos to the shared library, I opened the photos app on her phone and it, you know, you can scroll to the bottom to see like what its current like upload download like status is, and it it basically was like, no, we're you know totally up to date. And then you know there was nothing to like refresh or anything, right? But then like, Apple <laughs> but then this morning they were all just there. So mm. I I don't know. There there seems like there's some weirdness with um timing, um which honestly at this point. I'm kind of okay with because that beats the alternative to this in the past, which is something like shared albums where like literally the number one problem with those is that you would go to send those to people and they would often just never get the invitation or they would get the invitation, but wouldn't get any of the photos. Like those were such a reliability nightmare that, you know, as long as shared library, as long as everybody on it, ends up with you know all the photos like at some point that's better than what we've had in the past yep um and you know i I would say that the the feature where you can have photos just go directly to the shared library so like being able to just take a picture and well theoretically have it just instantly show up on everybody else's phone like that's that's pretty that's pretty neat Mm It's pretty good. So two, I'm because I'm, I'm sure Craig's listening to this. Yeah, there's two two major uh, usability issues, but otherwise, pretty good. Yeah, and we'll we'll continue to follow up because the the other thing that I'm going to be doing here, I think actually tomorrow is um, so currently it's just a lady friend and I in the shared library, but we you know we're going to invite some other family members into it. So we'll we'll see how that goes like you know just from like a technical standpoint like is this thing gonna start you know fraying um as soon as more than two people are in it 
um that's i'm interested to see how that goes yeah you'll look forward to follow up next week mm-hmm. um oh the one other thing is that i just thought it was it's kind of interesting or i mean this this makes sense that they built this in but like on i have not updated my macbook pro to ventura and when you open up the photos app on that one at the bottom like where normally it'll say like sync to icloud twenty one thousand some hundred photos nine thirty six p.m it will say there's a bunch of photos that you can't see right now because you need a newer version of photos.app which is sensible yeah they actually they do a smart thing too when you first set up your shared library where if you have any devices logged into your apple id that aren't on a you know supported version of ios or mac os it'll say hey you're not going to be able to access your shared library here which is that's that's smart yeah that's kind of a holdover they did something similar when um like you remember when they tr- they redesigned the notes and the reminders app to be right. more full featured right. it also did what did like hey your ipad's on ios 9 or whatever and it won't have access to this if you start using these features so yeah right all right do we have anything else before chef specials um i don't i don't think i so. think actually i think the whole we won't talk about Apple's Q4 results because I'm not sure there's anything really interesting in there. But the the two items below it, I do think, should be kicked down to next week. We can do that. We've got the technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I've got a I've got a good chef special for you this week. Um, mm-hmm. After having not had one at least the last week, maybe the last couple. So I'm going to send you a picture first, and then I'll send you an Amazon link after, and then this will make sense in a second. Naturally. Um, so I, I guess I'll, uh, this is, this is like almost two picks in one kind of thing. So, um, Joanna Gaines has, um, a couple of different cookbooks out now. She's got Magnolia Table and Magnolia Table Volume 2. Um, and so, I mean, my, my, I guess my general chef special pick here is both, both cookbooks are delightful. You, you should have both of them. Um, but my specific pick here is a, is a specific recipe, which is what I sent you the, the picture of, which I think is in volume two. Um, and this recipe is, is her silo cookies, which are, basically chocolate chip peanut butter chip oat cookies um and and i made these for the first time this past weekend they are super easy to make and they're really really good Um, i made this for some family come that came over this last weekend and they were they were universally a hit can I ask a really stupid and uncultured question? <laughs> sure. In this context, what does oats mean? Uh, they are um, rolled oats. So um, you can kind of just think of like like Quaker oats or something, but you know, before you put the milk in kind of thing. But like you've had oatmeal cookies before, right? Yeah. And they're disgusting. Right. I, I, I like I like oatmeal cookies, but I understand what you're saying. Do these taste like an oatmeal cookie? N- not at all. No. So do these just add the texture. texture and a tiny bit of crunch? Correct. Yeah. So so okay. actually, so, some of the family that was over 
this past weekend also do not care for oatmeal cookies. Um, oh, and this, the same people do <laughs> <laughs> No, the, these, um, these taste like a really, really good chocolate chip cookie that have a, you like a, an even better texture than a regular cho- chocolate chip cookie that also has peanut butter in it. Nice. Yeah, they're 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 really good. And yeah, could really couldn't couldn't be any easier to make. So All right. if you're the next time you're in a baking mood, I would um highly recommend you try these. Would I be fine if I skipped the chopped walnuts? Oh, I we we skipped the chopped walnuts. So yes, you would be completely fine. In fact, I would okay. recommend that. Because not only that I do not have them, also I feel like that would ruin the cookie. I, yeah, the, I, I feel that way, as did I think everybody else who was um, going to eat these cookies. So yeah, the, the walnuts were, were left out. So two, two, well, one last thing on this, which is that, so I was making sugar cookies recently. And one thing that I was, that is noted in this recipe that is something I think is like a baking pro tip that I did not know about. And then I, that um, an unknown friend of the show on Instagram told me to do instead is that when you are, after you've prepared dough for a lot of baked goods and cookies it makes a ton of sense and it makes it much more easy to work with if you refrigerate it for like 30 minutes to an hour i did not know that that was a thing but that is something that this recipe does call for i I did not know that was a thing either until those um ginger molasses cookies that i've made a couple Mm -hmm. times those call for being refrigerated for like a couple of hours Mm -hmm. um yeah these are only like 30 minutes um and actually, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the best part about that is you can, you can make these, you know, like in the morning or whatever, pop them in the fridge. And then, you know, we've got company over or whatever, or if you, Hey, you just want freshly baked cookies. You just, you know, you pull them out of the refrigerator, pop them in the oven for 15 minutes and you're good to go. So it's not like you're having to like, you know, go through the whole prep process right before you want to eat them, which is nice. It's like, it's like having standby pizza dough. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, depending on my level of, um, if, if the weather stays bad, um, this might be a weekend project, mm-hmm, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, again, well, never mind. Um, yeah. The problem with that is that you, you baking is always, you, you face the thing of, do you take the extras to work or do you just have like a really sad weekend? Well, so yeah, that, that the the thing with these is, so it's it's 18 cookies this recipe makes and they are... 18 very large cookies so i i would generally not recommend eating more than about one per (laughs) serving so yeah i'm I'm very sugar averse or like i just i i enjoy sweet stuff in moderation like the the proper amount of cupcakes that i want is always half a cupcake yeah not not anymore yeah well if you know if you make these over the weekend you know have you know maybe a couple over the course of the weekend and then bring the rest in to work i I, I think that'd be a, a good week. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, is Silos Baking Co. different from Magnolia Silos, or is that a same thing? That I think is the. I think that's the same thing. I think like that's, 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 the, that's the legal that's name the, of the Silos. That's okay. the. Well, that's the bakery that is on is at the Silos. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was when I went. That had just opened. So that I've that I've been to, although I don't remember these silo cookies. We 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 went for breakfast though, so we got like a muffin or something. 
Um, but then like the coffee shop and the restaurant were not open. Is that, is that still on your list to go back to you? You want, you've, you've never been to the silos, right? I want to go to Austin and I have $1,250 in Alaska air money, but I just can't because there's no good time to visit Texas. I'm not talking about from politically. It's like, it has like two weeks a year that it's pleasant outside. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I've missed the window because that would have been late October. Actually, right? I mean, yeah, the, the, when when the lady friend and I went to the silos, that, that's exactly right. It was, I, I remember in our hotel, we were watching um, one of the World Series games one night. So yeah, it, it must have been basically around this time of year. Yeah. All right. My chef special is one that I, 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 I'm gonna, I was going to say, I was going to couch this in. I don't believe this that strongly, but I kind of do. But I don't really have, um, I haven't published enough from this lens to back it up. But I'm 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 frequently reminded of the fact that uh the Sony 50 millimeter f1.2 G Master lens is a fucking st- outstanding lens. Um and I and I very very much enjoy it. Um so I will send you the Amazon link. Don't 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 point to the price. Um but it's a very 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 Ooh. Oh dear. Yeah, it's a it's a very good lens. It again for uh, low light shooting is yeah one one point two nice. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's it's he- it's not too big, but it it's hefty for a walk around lens. But for specific types of portraits and low light shooting, it's kind of the best thing out there. I do think it 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 has a bit of overlap with the sigma 85 where i don't think this is actually I, not that i think you would entertain buying this but i don't think this is a must buy for you like it's definitely a luxury lens but it's really fucking good and the autofocus on it even low light situations is fantastic the bokeh or bokeh or whatever is is extremely pleasing it's weather sealed it's a great fucking lens and i have several thousands of photos that I have not edited that um, would highlight that. And I might get around to that sometime next year. But really the, the main reason you like this lens so much is that orange G you bet your ass. Yes. <laughs> well, cause that's, that's what I guess. I, and I feel like that's probably one of the reasons I like Sony, Sony cameras is that, well, for like the obvious reasons, but the, all their um, full frame cameras, the lens mount is highlighted. Like the alpha color for the branding is a very nice metallic orange. And also when you buy their their fanciest lenses called the G Master line, which is similar to Canon's uh red label lenses, they all have that um metallic G on them in a nice orange, which is very nice. 